Hello and welcome to The One One, your West Australian racing podcast. I am BJ Ryan. Episode 45 is proudly sponsored by our friends at Betfair. Don't bet harder, bet smarter with Betfair. Now, when it comes to betting IQ, look no further than today's special guest, Pete McCormick. Welcome back, Pete. G'day, BJ. Yep, good to be back again. Thanks for uh, the late call-up and uh, answering our SOS. Of course, Terry Layton, the Perth racing guru, has headed to the gold fields. He's immersing himself in the round and uh, we'll be checking in with the guru at some stage during the show. But big thanks for coming along and helping us out this week on the 1-1. No problem. Um, haven't been to uh, the surroundings of High Wycombe before <laughs> in my lifetime, I don't think. So I'm seeing a new part of Perth. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for making the trek. So last time you were on was episode 37 back in early August. How have you been? What's what's happening in your world as far as bookmaking and punting is concerned? Yeah, okay. Uh, not a lot really. I've resigned from bookmaking. I think that happened before I came on last time and I'm still trying to work out what I'm going to do next to be honest. So I'm um, just finding my way, playing around on Betfair, having a bit of a punt and going atrociously at the moment. So You've been getting out to the races? I've been a few times. I was there on Saturday. Um uh, my lay of the day, Gemma's son, uh, saluted. So that wasn't a great day. Uh, but I've been getting out a little bit, yeah. And you uh, had a little nibble at the Betfair prices on Cup Night and Dance Music in the uh, in the feature of the day? That's right. Whatever runs second and third is usually <laughs> what I'm on. I was on Pooley and uh, EOAs as well. So, yeah, I'm pretty consistent that way. <laughs> but you did back spilling over. <laughs> I didn't back spilling over. I threw a, I threw a peanut on spilling over because I just thought this is – it got to $65 on Betfair and I just thought that was a little bit silly. So. Yeah. So I had a very, very small bet, but when you took off the punt on the other two horses and it put me out of the quaddy, it wasn't a profitable race for me. So have you officially retired from bookmaking, Pete? Um, retired? I've resigned from bookmaking. Resigned. So I guess you can call it what you like. Yeah. Um, retired has connotations of uh, – uh, being well healed and going off to greener pastures. It's more like resigned and what am I going to do next, I guess, is where I'm at. So mm. I'm still figuring that out. Uh, so will we be seeing you out at, at Ascot when we go back there soon? Will you still be around and on course? Probably. Um, I, I love opening day at Ascot. Yeah. Um, yeah. Growing up, it was my favourite day of the year. I, I liked it more than Christmas. Mm. So I, I do get excited for, for opening day. It's, it's a fantastic day. So I, I, I expect I'll be out there then. How I'm going to play it, I'm not sure. I'm Actually, following the races and following Betfair and the odds changes and stuff, I think I'm, I'm as well off or better off at home than I am at the track. Yep. So uh, what I do long term, I'm not sure. Okay. We've really thrown you under the bus this week, getting you on to preview a very challenging Kalgoorlie Cup day on Saturday. Challenges are significant with uh, the double engage and also Hannon's handicap today, but we'll get to that in the preview. But um, so I don't know. I don't know how you found doing the form yesterday, but it was it was a bloody slog from from my point of view, especially framing markets. But it is the it is the round. It is that time of year in the gold fields. Now you're you're you were bookie for what twenty. 20 years? 20 years I had a licence. I got uh, my licence in the year 2000. So, yeah, even 20. I was in the main ring for about 16 or 17 of those 20 years. Yeah. So how, how often did you go to Kalgoorlie? What's your, what's your experiences with the round been like? My experiences with the round go way back before bookmaking. Um, I had relatives in Kalgoorlie, so school holidays for me. I th- the round used to be in the school holidays going way back, I think, and uh, or I'd miss a week of school sometimes, mm. and I'd go out for the round from when I was 10 also, I've been to 20 or 30 rounds, I expect, in my lifetime. Um, so I remember going as a kid when the round was really exciting. It was a week-long round back yeah. then from Boulder yeah. Cup through to through the Kalgoorlie Cup. Um, the town was really humming back then. Whereas of recent years, you go 
even from the Wednesday as it used to be a couple of years ago to the to the to the Sunday or the Saturday. Um, the town was never really alive in between times. Mm. Um, pick up on Friday and then then the Saturday or the Sunday was a was a buzz for the Kel Cup. Um, but going back years ago, it was a really vibrant round. You had the trots on, you had the races on, you had the two up. Did you ever get out to the Orabanda picnic meeting on the oh, Friday? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. That was the Thursday. I remember it being the Thursday. Oh, if, if the, if the, the Hannahs was on the Wednesdays, yeah. it has been from time to time. Yeah. The, the, the Orabanda day was on the on the Thursday. So I made a couple of trips to, to Orabanda. Mm. Um, and there was always a two up game on out there and plenty sure of drinking was. to be had. And yeah. Yeah, we're well, interesting to see what um, Terry's experience thus far has been. He arrived yesterday, and um, I think the Calcutta was cancelled this year, so he missed out on his on the event that he was looking forward to most. I think going back to back in the uh, in the Hannans Handicap Calcutta. So we'll check in with the Guru soon to see uh, what's happening up in the gold fields. He can give us a bit of the lay of the land, but. So you were you a bookmaker there last year, Pete? I was bookmaking there last year, yes, yeah. I was. Yeah. So it was uh Spiritual Warrior won the cup and Tell them we're coming won the won the Hannons. So were you there for both days? Yeah, I was there for both days. Um Flo ran in the Hannons, I think, yeah. last year. and yeah. um, was tailed off out the back there somewhere. Tell them we're coming was in fine form then and, and cartwheeled home. That was a terrific run by Tell them we're coming, but we haven't seen that kind of form from from him since then. Um, and Spiritual Warrior of the Cup, I don't remember a lot about that, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What, are, what are some of your fondest memories of the round? Like uh, any big plunges, uh, any stings that uh, that came your way? No stings come my way. Mm. No, um, my fondest memories are probably those as, as a kid, as yeah. we often always do. Um, yeah. I think one of the earliest memories I have of the Cup, I think I was there the third year that Lorna's Nuisance won the Hannons. Oh, wow. Lorna's, I think so. Yeah. Lorna's, Lorna's won three in a row and I think I was there for the third. So back when I was a kid, yeah, I have some fond memories of like even the, the betting rings back then were huge. There was two doubles bookmakers betting on the Hannons, Boulder Cup, Kalgoorlie Cup, so you could take doubles between any of the three of those races and um, just the Eastern States ring was pumping. It was huge. It was so massive back then. Mm. It's just not quite the same anymore. It's not, no. One of my earliest memories of the round was Dad, my father took me when I was a 15-year-old in 1996. We watched a good horse called Bradson win the Hannans Handicap for Paul Harvey and Len Morton. And I remember after the uh, after the Hannans, there was this two-up game. It was the first time I've ever seen a a two-up game live and yeah wow what an what an experience it was just money everywhere laying all over the floor people running across the room to get set i've never it was just yeah i was jaw dropping for a 15 year old to see all that going on and uh and just being a being a part of part of all that was very exciting and then uh, on the saturday there was a horse by the name of corporate james and um he was a Kalgoorlie local and he'd won the Cool Guardian Boulder Cups in the lead up. And if he'd won the Kalgoorlie Cup on the sad day, he would have uh, picked up a $100,000 bonus for winning the treble, the Cups treble back in those days. And um, he was sent out five to four favourite. And uh, shortly after the start, he copped some significant interference, got spat out the back, uh, flashed home and uh, ran a desperately unlucky fourth behind um I was called Powerful Prince, who wore the cerise and white colours. Trained by Sharon uh, Sharon Miller and ridden by Peter Barnett. But uh, yeah, I'll never forget that. That was that was uh, that was a really big deal with Corporate James up for the bonus, and he got skittled 
early in the race and um and should have should have won really but yeah it was a very dramatic day as well because there was a few conspiracy theories floating around as to <laughs> there's plenty of those in Kel all the time <laughs> as to what happened uh shortly after the start but what an experience for for a 15 year old um and then yeah really just just really just gave me a taste for like the you know that the other side of, of racing rather than just going to to ascot and and belmont and experiencing the big days there but um yeah as i said so that was powerful prince sharon miller peter barnett wore the famous cerise and white and um speaking of peter's investments uh they had some extremely positive results last weekend with their victorian based team perfect jewel she was runner up in the stock stakes on friday night arcadia queen finished second oh, sorry finished third behind boom four-year-old russian camelot in the group one underwood stakes and of course windstorm he just reminded everyone of his talents with a decisive 1400 meter victory at caulfield last saturday have you been following the team over in melbourne and uh what are your thoughts on how they're going yeah i've been taking time? a bit of notice i watched um uh perfect jewel on friday night it ran a ran a good second got pipped on the line unfortunately windstorm mm. was a good run and Arcadia, uh, time will tell as to how good that run was, I suppose. Russian Camelot might be an out-and-out -out champion yeah. or um, maybe Arcadia's not quite the horse that she was. I think it might be a little bit of a combination of both. Sure, yeah. I think I think with Arcadia Queen, the um, interrupted prep, and, and I think they, they might have even missed a run with her as well. And um, you can just tell that she was going to run second on Saturday, but just sort of petered out at the finish. I know Pikey's come into, as he often does actually over in Melbourne, and come into some criticism for. They're not sold him over there, are nah, they? There's, nah. there's got a, Lewis Willoughby's one that I see on Twitter a bit. Yeah. There's a few doubters over there that, that haven't been totally sold on, on Pikey. I, I listened to Pikey's rap of the, the meeting afterwards, and, and I, I take him in his word. He yeah. said that the going was better out wide or, or hard up on the fence. Yeah. He chose to go hard up on the fence. and. I respect his opinion. I think he'd know better than a few of the pundits over there who question his his uh, reasoning for going back to the fence on the horse. Yeah, and Humidor came from behind him and, and went past him. So it's not it's not as if the going was hopeless, especially the way that Humidor attacked the line. But um, I would have loved to have seen how the race panned out had a Pikey been one out one back, oh, the one one rather one one uh, rather than leaders back because um, that way you could have just sort of tracked Russian Camelot, came out around his heels and come down the outside. I'm not saying would have beaten Russian Camelot, but I'm pretty convinced she would have run second. But um, either way, it's another building run, another progression at that elite level now. And and I imagine that that'll bring her forward with her peak fitness um, to come. So, yeah, I, I noticed a bit of a quiet confidence about Pike post-race in, okay. in, in the way that he's been talking about Arcadia Queen. I think history might show that running second to Russian Camelot's um, fair. Yeah. More than fair. Yeah. More than fair. I think he's he's a serious, serious racehorse. Yeah. And um, I'm just not quite sure how good Arcadia Queen is. I mean, even going back to that sensational run that she did in the in the Kingston Town, um, that's a three-year-old's race. She carried 51 kilos in that race and had a huge weight advantage over the other. So if she's a mature three-year-old filly carrying the, the 51, I think, or yeah. 50 she yeah. carried. Um, that's a decided advantage. And, and it, as I say, it is a three-year-old race. It's one of the... the the premier three-year-old races, if you like, on the calendar where they have such an advantage at weight for age over the other horses. Yep. Um, maybe that's that, that's the best we're ever going to see ever. Perhaps, yes. Time will tell. We've um, got some exciting racing coming up over on the East Coast, of course. And the um, yeah, the reason why they continue to shoot for the stars this Saturday with Superstorm in the Group 1 Turnbull Stakes and Perfect Jewel. She's backing up in the 
Group 2 Rose of Kingston Stakes. Both of those horses will be well found, I imagine. They are two of William Pike's eight rides. So the Wizard, he's going to be a busy boy at Flemington on Saturday. I see he's riding a couple for Godolphin and James Cummings as well, including Kementari in the Gilgai Stakes, which is a good pickup ride for Pikey. He's a good horse on his day, but uh, he's riding Chabelle. He's Melbourne Cup mount. Um, Chabelle's running in the Bart Cummings over 2,500 metres. That's race six of the day. Um, I think they're expecting improvement from him, but the horse that most of us will be focused on is Superstorm in the Turnbull Stakes. He was desperately unlucky in the Rupert Clark when sort of stuck behind a wall of horses and unable to get out. He goes 1,400 to 2,000 metres third up, which is quite unusual programming from Bob Peters' point of view. But um, and he's going to get back from Barrier 12. So uh, really good race, quality opposition. So it's going to be interesting to see how um, how he lines up. But he, he looks the real deal to me, Superstorm. I, I, I think that had he got clear last start, he would have made things very interesting for Behemoth. Yeah, and going back to the All-Star Mile, was it? We were in yep. second to Regal Power. That was a sensational run too. So, um, But as you say, that's a quality race. And, yep. uh, he's, he's up to his ears in, in, in that field, I think. Yeah. So before we move back closer to home, Fabergino, she started favourite, I think, or equal favourite. She had a bit of a, the she wobbles. She certainly opened favourite, yeah. but, yeah, wobbled out. Wobbled uh, late. Got out to about 480, I think, bet fairly. Yeah, so Fabergino in the um, in the Group 1 Moya under lights last Friday night, it just – everything just went wrong, didn't it, for um, for everyone involved. She didn't didn't step. three. She was three wide with cover earlier. Um, I think Haydock come around and four wide pocketed her – Peter Nucky, had, he just had nowhere to go. From the start, she was never in the race. No. As you say, she didn't step. And once she didn't step, that was really game over. And the, yep. I think the track was a bit rain affected. I don't know that that suited her either. Mm. Just the, everything, she was playing away as well. You know, yep. sometimes like the Eagles on a fine Sunday afternoon, they're a million dollars, just tip them over the east in, in on wet, boggy ground, and they're not the same. So mm. maybe she just doesn't appreciate that either. Yeah, it would have it been a um, difficult experience for the jock peter nucky he's gone over there for the one ride and it was all about the start wasn't it and then when she didn't when she didn't ping and she got crossed and it was in all sorts of trouble it was uh it was sort of lights out from there unfortunately i so saw on twitter a little bit of um a little bit of a go at peter nucky and, and the ride and why yeah. he was in fact riding in the first place i yeah. thought that was a bit harsh i mean the horse didn't step it wasn't his fault yeah as, far as i could tell yeah. and uh, and i think you'll find that the reason why fabergino is fabergino in her entirety now is a lot to do with the hard work that Peter Nucky does behind the scenes with her most days of the track, getting her to relax, educating her. And he's been a part of her journey from the start. So I think you have to, you know, respect that the fact that Fabergino wouldn't necessarily be the horse, might not necessarily be the horse she is without him. So you can fully understand why the connections um, were loyal to Pete. But yeah, at that level, 1,000 metres, group one, and your weapon is your early speed. If you don't get an opportunity to unleash that, then you're 100 to one in my book. So, Absolutely. Yeah. So um, before we start the Kalgoorlie Cup Day preview, we need to touch on last Saturday's Blackheart Bart Stakes. It was a real taste tester for what's to come, hopefully, when we go back to Ascot next Saturday. So um, the race, the Blackheart, it was the first Blackheart Bart Stakes, was won in brilliant fashion by the Winterbottom Stakes-bound sprinter, Stageman. There was a, it was a good field. There was a, a lot to come out of it. What was your, what was your takeaways from the Blackheart Bart? I guess it was those that stood up and, and we can really look forward to them taking their part in the in the carnival, such as Stage Man and, and Cup Night, which was a really exciting run and, and, and dance music ran out of his skin as well. By the same token, it was also notable by those that didn't perform in the race. And uh, 
I think the alarm bells will probably be ringing about free trade a little bit after yeah. that run. Um, the the drift in the last 10 minutes of betting was alarming as well. I'm not sure if you're aware of that or not. There was mm. about six fifty out to nine or ten dollars or something Betfair. on Betfair. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so and it didn't perform. So I'm not too sure about it during the carnival. And um, I guess you got the other two horses, the favourites, Vital Silver and Red Can Man. And Red Can Man. Yeah. I guess um, Red Can Man was just a pipe opener, so no no alarm bells there. But um, Vital Silver 7 now, I'm not quite sure where, where he's at either. Yeah, it really looked looked his race to excel, didn't it? And um, But, yeah, it was, it was interesting. Rail back to the true. The, the day was sort of dominated by rails in run, leaderish type situation. Um, did, you, did you identify that early, Pete? And yeah, I did. I got, I got bitten badly early. Uh, yeah. Gemma Sun was my lay of the day. Um, which in hindsight looks pretty damn stupid now. Um, but I just thought that uh, Brooklyn Pier would kick up underneath it and at least make it work for the mm. lead. And when that Brooklyn Pier didn't really seem to jump at all and it wasn't a factor in the lead at all and Gemma Sun just cruised across without doing any work and yep. I knew I was in trouble from there. But also Gemma Sun's a better horse than what I gave it credit for. There was some, I thought, some really quality up-and-coming three-year-olds in that race and they just... Either Gemma Sun is just way too good for them, or they didn't didn't turn up. Dunbar, yeah. for instance, looked yeah. ordinary. Friday night didn't look the same horse as it did first up, um, and Brooklyn Pier was pretty plain as well. So uh, from uh, a quality field, that was yeah. purely just Gemma Sun, and and that's a pretty exciting horse going forward. Now you'd have to think. Yeah, I just think he, he was just too fast. So once he jumped and found the front, it, the established positions at the eight hundred meter mark was basically the finishing positions on the line if you know what i mean like he just he just controlled the race and at that stage the rain hadn't come so he's run 57 something which has been a rarity at belmont this year i can't remember too many horses breaking 58 because of how wet and sort of boggy the track has been at stages so he got first look at the the really firm and then the rain come and it just sort of changed things significantly like um i think there was a 1200 meter race earlier in the day a lower grade race that ran faster or near on as fast as the black art bart so you could see that the deterioration in the track as, as it went on and then um and um yeah but uh in saying that there was there was plenty to um plenty to appreciate on the day as i said with ascot just around the corner and lots of those horses um that there were a couple of eye catches in the black art bart stakes making making late ground as well so that's going to be a uh, a real uh, focus from a form point of view moving forward towards uh, races like the Northerly Stakes in in uh, in the weeks ahead. So, um, yeah, Pete, I think it's time, isn't it? Let's go. Okay. We are about to preview Kalgoorlie Cup Day 2020. So we're recording on Thursday, the 1st of October. It's 10.50 a.m. Hannon's Handicap Day in Kalgoorlie this afternoon. We're, we're, of course, about to preview Saturday's nine-race Cup Day program. Mount Magnet Cup Day on Saturday. You ever been to Mount Magnet races, Pete? No, I haven't been to Junction either. I'll have to get to both because a fair bit of form seems to come out of those races. Yeah, we better get the Mount Magnet replays, I think, after <laughs> after Saturday. Make sure we're across all those, especially with the Geraldton season fired up. So for those wondering, Mount Magnet is three and a half hours east of Geraldton. So good luck to everyone involved uh, with, the, with the club up there and hopefully it's a fun day out, Cup Day, in uh, Mount Magnet. And uh, we head to Northam on sunday and it's ladies day cup that's the gannon's ladies day cup annual annual feature um day in the avon valley stay tuned throughout the show for info on how you can enter the mundaring hotels wa racing mastermind competition and the market city meets get out stakes a reminder that my pre-markets preview the leg up 
uh, came out at 7 a.m. this morning on bestbets.com.au. It can also be viewed on the Race website. Of course, Terry Layton, the guru, and Daniel Cripps, they combine forces for the Wild West video preview, which is available on the Betfair Hub. That's betfair.com.au. I'm on Betfair too, PJ. Did you know that? No, tell me about that, Pete. Bookie's bag. Bookie's bag, you're back? I've always been on. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, that uh, comes out every Friday morning, I think, on, on Betfair. So... Uh, quality lays like Gemma's son. I put up there every week, and uh, <laughs> so so what? What price? What, what price did you put up, Gemma's son? I think I bet three fifty, Gemma's son, from memory. Yeah, yeah. I think three fifty, three sixty, and its starting price on Betfair was actually three forty. So yeah, it wasn't that far away from what the the market bet. The market actually Betfair went over that at some stage. So. I wasn't too far, but uh, was very, very wrong in the end result. It was uh, it was a good price, and uh, which I think uh, David Harrison alluded to afterwards. I think he was quite impressed with that price. Yeah. Um, so yeah, ju- uh, jump on. So Pete's back on the bookies mailbag. Cripper, the guru, they're they're involved as well with the Wild West. So jump on to betfair.com.au. Check all that out. Make sure you also download Betfair's new mobile app for iOS and Android. Released this week. Sharpen your edge with the latest from our friends at Betfair, and. Um, of course, the one one your WA Racing podcast can be found on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, and all other major podcasting platforms. Please subscribe, rate, and review. So, moving right along, let's get cracking on Kalgoorlie Cup Day. The rails in the true position. It's thirty-five degrees in Kalgoorlie today, and then it's uh, cooling off towards seventeen on um, on Saturday. So, I'm. Uh, yeah, obviously the track is going to be nice and firmish, I would have thought, for um, today, Cannons Day, and for Saturday, Kalgoorlie Cup Day. I would expect so. I didn't know it was 35 in Kel today. That's that's huge. And an 18-degree drop for, for Saturday. Mm. I see the, the rails in the true both times. So they're going to get eight races on it today in the true and then run another nine on it on Saturday. So 17 races consecutive on a on a firm track there i'm not quite sure what that'll do by the end but um it may have some effect yeah so it's 35 today 28 tomorrow and then uh, actually it looks like there's a few clouds rolling in on saturday which means that the uh, temperature drops to 18 degrees but nice nice and warm in the gold fields this afternoon actually haven't they benefited from moving the round back a couple yeah. of weeks <laughs> i can remember some pretty frigid nights at the kalgoorlie trots during around in the past so what was the trots on the thursday night or the friday night the golden mile there it's kind of been mixed up a bit over the years depending on where the hannons the has moved yeah. around a bit but i remember when the hannons on the wednesday the trots were on the the tuesday and the friday i think yeah 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 good stuff all right so yeah we're just as as in most venues the uh, on pace brigade get bang for their buck pete the on pace uh, the track yeah oh yeah yeah, yeah. um pretty much uh yeah. it's it's the short straight in in kalgoorlie the, the tight turn it's kind of a triangular track but um leaders certainly are advantaged uh in most cases but what i find during the season a lot is and it's more so when the apprentices are up there dominating the a lot of races can be tempo mm. um based so what i mean by that is if they they can sometimes overcook it in front and your first three place getters are your last three in running and, yep. and that can happen from time to time but during the round, I think with your more experienced riders up there, I think that'll be happen less op- often, and a uh, tempo will be would probably be more than norm. I'm sorry, the, the the leader should be more than norm. Just thinking back to last year, it was a really intriguing round last year on the Wednesday and Saturday. We had Pike up there in in mm. scintillating form, but also Froggy Neward came across last year, and they both kind of went head to head over over the two days. That, that was, was that was very exciting, wasn't it? It made the yeah. round really, yeah. it really really did, and, and uh, it was kind of um, WA rooting for Pike a bit, mm. and, and Froggy was was just matching him blow for blow. Mm. It was uh, it was enthralling to watch watch those two. Uh, 
those two guys go at it on the track yeah 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 that's right that's uh that was a really standout memory i think froggy might have outrode the wizard a couple of occasions as well which i think is, the wizard held his own for yeah, sure yeah. yeah but uh but yeah good good stuff so before we start um cup day and our analysis pete we need to remind everyone uh of the double engage situation that we that we face so we're basically doing the form um as it sits uh with the horses included in the field but we obviously make um just highlighting and imploring our listeners to make sure that they monitor scratchings over the next few days because um a lot of the horses that are in, uh, in currently engaged at Kalgoorlie on saturday there's a significant amount of them that are also racing or um in, at Kalgoorlie on hunters handicap day this afternoon the most glaring example of that is race one yep. um, on saturday which is virtually a a carbon copy of race three on Thursday. Um, so there will be a couple of scratchings that probably come out of it. A couple will back up. The winner, I, I assume, will be re-handicapped. So it's it's almost mission impossible to try and rate that race before the running of race three on Thursday for Saturday. But um, we'll do our best. We'll do our best. And that leads us into race one, the Yarradale Stud Tom Sayers Memorial Handicap, 1760 metres, and it's a uh, graduation handicap. First race of 9, 12, 13 p.m. And as as Pete said, uh, I think four of the seven are engaged at uh, in, in a similar race at Kalgoorlie this Yeah, afternoon. that's right. There were five. I think Dill Red's been scratched but from Dill Thursday. Red's been so, scratched. yeah, so there's four that are going to back up from that same race into this race. So they were Magic Will Rain, Starden, Black Comet and Deal Red were scratched today. And yeah. Tom Almighty. Yeah, and Tom Almighty. Okay. So, yeah, so there's a bit bit to work through, but we can only take it on, on face value. So I imagine that um, most people will be tossing up between, you know, the, the Durant-coloured horses, Magic Will Rain and Starden, although Cuban Twist is unbeaten in Kalgoorlie, four from four, and uh, Brett Pope has, uh, has a significant Kalgoorlie Cup chance in Divine Shadow. He's bringing stable mate Street Fair along for the ride as well so it those four horses will um will all have admirers how did how did your um how did it fall for you pete and what are the index index cards say uh starting i stayed in starting how do you want to talk about that one starting <laughs> go starting i thought it was super impressive a duran horse progressive for to my eye um it, it just donkey licked them last start i yep. thought and it looked like a horse that was about to emerge and I've always been wary of, of Adam Durant horses when they do that. They, they He can pick at fence a horse so often and, yep. and this looks like one of those horses. It just might be coming into its own and you might see two or three in a row, particularly now as it's getting up to the, those staying ranks where, where Adam tends to, to dominate so much, which, which I've spoken about before. So yep. I, I'm team starting, yeah, from Magical Rain um, and then Cuban Twist third. I, um, I was pretty, I'm pretty keen on starting this afternoon actually, so... I went a different tact. Only, only just if, if they, these horses back up from Thursday to, to Saturday, just what sort of impact that'll that'll take on them. Starting and Magic Will Rain, and I've got sucked in again to my old mate Street Fair. I think I've tipped him his last two runs in Graduation Company in, at Belmont. Got a long way back over 2,000 metres, ran on well, two starts back with Troy Turner in the saddle and then just sort of got jammed up in the fence on the fence in a day where that wasn't really the place to be. He was beaten two lengths behind playing Marika last start. I think if um, Troy Turner can just uh, ride this horse really quietly, which he can do in this seven-horse field, he's going to um, 
be close enough um, with, with, without burning too much fuel. He has some closing speed street fare. So if he's close enough and um, on straightening and uh, wound up with momentum, I think street fare can um, can make things very interesting late. And he's sort of just the, the, the I guess, the uh, the fourth cog in the market. He's a, he's a 650 chance. So at the moment, we're looking at Magic Will Rain is 280, Cuban Twist 320 and Stardom 390. So I'm going to chase the the perceived value anyway as far as i'm concerned and uh and street fair on top in the first of the day i'm going to go for starting to do the double okay i think he'll win today thursday yeah. and i think he'll back up and win again on saturday i don't see so, that will, so there'll be a I'm, I'm assuming there might be a one and a half kilo penalty i'm assuming yeah. there'll be a re-handicap yeah. to whoever should win yeah um just just as a general rule too horses that are backing up from the Thursday from yep. today into Saturday. I don't see that as a negative at all. In fact, uh, from a form point of view, it's actually a, a, a big tick, a okay. big tick. Love seeing horses back up off a couple of days, and it's something that particularly Adam Durant does well. I think he has about a 25% plus record when he backs horses up off three days or less. So Is that right? I think so, yeah. What was your – yeah, and then, of course, there's the Adam Durant stayers theory as well. So <laughs> Yeah, we'll talk about that more later as we go through. Um Last year, Palmer Morenti, just as well, I think, yeah, is one yeah. horse that backed up from Thursday to Saturday and was heavily supported on the Saturday and duly got the cash. So um, be wary of those horses that do back up from today, Thursday, into Saturday's races and, and don't write them off and think, oh, they're going to be tired, they're going to be over the top or whatever because quite often they do take a fitness benefit from that run and they do back it up and, and add a bit on on the Saturday as well. Yeah, and of course, uh, the master, A. Durant, Durant, he uh, he's been doing the round for a while now, and he, he knows what he's doing. And the stable is is up and about. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Race two, moving on to the MCE handicap, twenty one hundred meters, uh, no metro win race um, for thirty thousand um, dollars. Yeah, look, I I'll be the first to admit I am. I don't do a lot of Kalgoorlie during the year. I've usually got my hands full with uh, Metro and Inner Provincials and Terry, the Guru. He's uh, he's my um, he's my man, main conduit, I guess, to what's happening in Kalgoorlie. So I've found yesterday it, it very challenging lining up the Kalgoorlie form to the Metro form, um, especially doing prices and 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 especially with the the different templates that they use to create handicaps we've got a country template we've got a metro template all that sort of stuff so there's a bit there's a bit going on and and and, a, and one example is this particular race where you've got bollinger boy and and, and frosty heart um main major players i suppose who um are coming to uh, Kalgoorlie via the um, midweek and interprovincial sort of circuit and then you've got the likes of um, the locals likes of pink and purple and well not necessarily a local but stairway to the moon's had the last four starts in Kalgoorlie so it's just about how do we line them up and then you throw an eastern stater into the mix have racing basically first up in in wa off 47 days first up over 2100 meters and all so schmicks uh, form has been on synthetic tracks lately so this was a real this, this is a real head scratcher so how did you how did you find this one pete uh, it's a bit of an enigma isn't yeah. it yeah it's hard to be too confident about anything in this race so i ended up with frosty hard on top i noticed it's very short in the market though at around the 220 230 mark um and then bollinger boy at the 250 
I can't get excited about either of those two at the price. Not that keen to tip around them either. If I see any value at all on the board, it might be pink and purple mm. at around the $10 mark. But um, I don't think I'll be betting in the race, to be honest. Yeah, so from a tipping point of view, I went Bollinger Boy to beat Frosty Heart and pink and purple, but I didn't have as much between them in the market as what it does currently. And like Pete, I think that the value is the uh, is pink and purple. The Kiri Yule ridden, Peter Fernie trained. Um, I don't know, did you catch that replay last start on pink and purple? That was um, that was a sight to behold. Um, got back from gate two, uh, was basically last. Went round them, speared off the off the course on straightening, and then was sort of just running into into view the last part of of the race. So, Kiriul going on to replace apprentice Christo Sardelic. Uh, I think has won. I don't know if it won on this day, but it won a very similar race to this last year, pink and purple. Might have even been one of Luke Fernie's first winners as a, as a trainer. I think Pike wrote it, did he? Yeah. Did he win by six one day with Pike on? Because it's it's owned by Jessica Velas, which is yep. Pike's partner. So, uh, or used to be trained by her as well. So, for me, I, I didn't tip pink and purple in the leg up, but from a value point of view, that looks the way to go. I landed on Bollinger Boy from a tipping point of view. I thought his run last start, third up at the 2100 meters, was a really good grounding run, even though he was a $5 favorite and he was expected to go close. It was quite a solidly run contest, a real staying, staying test. And uh, Bollinger Boy was just found wanting a touch at the end of that 2100 meters. I don't expect there to be as much pressure Early in middle on this occasion from gate two, Mitchie Pateman can put him to sleep. He's got he's got that twenty one hundred meter run under his belt now, so I expect him to be harder for for that experience and and um, and also the tempo should be more suitable as well. So I tip Bollinger Boy. He's a bit short in the market. Pink and purple at ten dollars isn't isn't bad as as what Pete mentioned as well. Yep. So for me, numbers are th- Frosty Hard. I'll go uh, slightly different there. Frosty Hard from Bollinger Boy and Pink and Purple. But like you, Pink and Purple, probably the value if there is any in the race. Okay. Race three is the Suez Maiden, 1,100 metres. We've, uh, we spoke quite a bit about the Cerise and White in our, um, in our earlier WA Racing chat. Cerise and White are making it to the goldfields. So they've got this three runners will be wearing the famous Peter's Investments colours, kicking off with Brave Dream in uh, race three of the day. Clint Johnston-Porter, Adam Durant was a beaten $2.10 favourite. Not a lot went right first up at Belmont back on September 19. Do you think she can right the wrongs on Saturday, Pete? You say not a lot went right. What went wrong? Just, just I just feel as though she jumped from the draw, got very keen early, was on heels, cluttered up in a um, in a sort of a slowly run race, was unable to build momentum, and then by the time she got clear and worked into the clear, it looked like she was a bit plain late. She looked plain. Yeah, I'll, I'll take that part of it. I think she just she just she just cooked too much early and burnt, burnt too much too much fuel. Okay. Did Dreamaway win an Oaks? Dreamaway won an Oaks. Yeah. Yes. So and, it's a, by, and a Derby. Yeah. It's by yeah. a declaration of war, which is a sire of vow and. Sorry, Val and Declare, which won a Melbourne Cup out of a Oaks winning man. She's going from 1300 back to 11. I'm not sure. It looks mm. a bit, I don't think that suits. I think, if anything, she, she wants to, she'd want to go further than back to 1100. I'm not sure 1100 suits at all. So I'd be quite happy to take a set against her. I thought she was playing yep. in, that, in that race last night. I didn't see a lot of excuses. Certainly for a horse that was smashed into 210 the way that she was, I was expecting to see a lot more from her than what I did. So um, for me, I'll take a set against her until she shows me different. Yeah, I, I wonder whether they've come back a peg because she was just so fierce in, in running the other day. And so they think, well, if they go back to 1,100 metres and the, the tempo will be more suitable, which will allow 
her potentially to re- relax. Maybe maybe they're on a bit of an education mission. Oh, I was going to say that too. Sometimes yep. it's just good to travel a horse, yep. and uh, that might be part of. It and that was the race that was available. Yeah, I, I think I think she's going to be overbet and vulnerable myself as well. Um, so I, I sort of, you know, as we say, went looking elsewhere. I I, I knew that she was going to come up short, um, which is you know bleedingly obvious. So I was thinking, well, what other horses if if um, if they if they turn up and bring some of their, you know, perceived peak form to the races. Who can, who can upset Brave Dream? And, and I landed on Boss Snip. Now this horse was a bit of a spruik horse early. Had a very fast, significant trial win over Cliffs of Comfort back in February, and we've spoken about this horse quite a lot on on the one one, and um, sort of had three runs last preparation in may and june uh was quite costly to to punters on on each occasion 245 270 dollars 60 got beaten however in the lead up to to that I, I i remember she was scratched quite a lot so i'm thinking that she's justin warwick's had some uh difficulties getting getting her right and getting to the races in one piece she was scratched from belmont with a hoof abscess recently so um yeah i i've just got got the suspicion that if she's if Justin Warwick's heading to Kalgoorlie with the team. He's, he's taking horses there that mean business. The winkers go, go on for this assignment. Boss Snip has uh, gate speed, so expecting um, Lucy Warwick to be really, really positive and to land right on top of the speed. And, you know, if, if Boss Snip can tap into that sort of form that I think she's capable of, I think she's going to be able to stretch Brave Dream. What do you reckon? I take your point, yeah. and uh, you make a lot of sense in everything that you say. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of similar thinking, but but different. Kalgoorlie round is to us what Warrnambool is to the Victorians, and some people love just taking horses there, setting them up for a kill, yep. and no one loves doing that more than uh, Luke Fernie, I yep. think. He did it last year with horses like Zebul, I think was one that he produced from the Eastern States, no trial, first up, um, plunged it, bang, mm. thanks, for, thanks for coming. <laughs> And I can see him doing the same here with Icy Red, Icy Red. Yeah. Um, I watched, it's only a 400-metre trial, and I think that's almost by design, just to keep the, the waters muddied a little bit. He doesn't want to expose the horse too much. It, it ran like a very tractable racehorse, ready-made racehorse to me. It was as straight as a die down the middle of the track. It was under no pressure. Hard to read in. It's hard to pick beat, it on form it on that. Beat new hard, didn't it? No, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah which is a, a, is a, winner. a, a top-winning two-year-old yeah. uh, earlier on. So yeah. um, that's a serious racehorse too from mm. the trials. Um so I'm just it's kind of uh, drawing a bit of a bow there, I suppose, but just trying to read the minds of the trainers and stuff. I don't think Luke's come here just to give it an education run. I think this could be one of those that he's trying to unearth and there might be a bit of money for it too. So the 480 early could be worth hopping into, I think. Yeah, yeah that was the ne- next cab off the rank that I was going to talk about. It's very unusual. Three-year-old Colt, 400-metre uh, trial back in Maine, all of a sudden it just... Ta-da, just emerges on Kalgoorlie Cup Day. So it just feels like there's a, there's a little bit of smoke in the air, Pete. I think so. I, you know, people go to Warrnambool <laughs> and look for the plunges or people go to the round in, in, in Kalgoorlie and look for the plunges too. And uh, I respect the stable. Luke's uh, he's a fine up-and-coming trainer and he knows his craft and uh, I think he might have this one ready to produce a, produce a run. Yes, yes. And, of course, monitor the, the markets, especially the Betfair Exchange late. I think it's going to tell a bit of a tale. Usually um, does. On... <laughs> Uh, in the lead up to, to race three, the um, yeah, there does does seem to be those three horses seem to have the um, 
have the share, the, the market share as well. So just just before we move on, we've got uh, Brave Dream two sixty, Boss Snip four dollars, and IC Red IC Red four eighty. So that's going to be an interesting sort of market evolution as we um, in the lead up to that particular race. So I'm thinking maybe maybe Boss Snip, but Pete's um, think, suggesting that we keep a very close eye on IC Red IC Red, and it might be able to make a winning debut on Kalgoorlie Cup day for the local connections. Moving on to race four, the LD total handicap, 1,100 metres, and it's the return of the flying Mervyn, one of the fastest horses out of the machine in Western Australia. His last start, he was collared late in a very strong edition of the new season sprint over 1,000 metres at, at Belmont. That was a $100,000 race on that occasion. Ran fourth to the horses like Floyd and uh, Jericho Missile and Essential Spice. Heads to Kalgoorlie with 62 kilos, minus three for Lucky Lacta Ramoli. And um, he's uh, he's going to be mighty hard to catch, but there are a couple in the race, namely some sort, uh, Sherpa Lash, and there might be even be, I don't know if you're going to be in this camp, Pete, but some people trying to make a case for Night Voyage. But um, Mervyn out in front will make this exciting. The return of some sort will be something that most people will be looking forward to as well. What did you come up with, Pete? Should be an exciting race, I think. Yep. As you say, with Mervyn flying in front and tiptoeing late, as I expect he may do, yep. um, the, the last 50 metres could be – the race could change entirely or Mervyn may well hang on. Um, the index cards say Night Voyage in this. Mm. Um, I just – just like him, Martin Allen uh, take this, takes this horse up. He's won a, at the track before. I think he won his maiden up there quite a while ago. So he is familiar with the track. Um, he gets him with a with a pretty good weight for him. He's been carrying the grandstand in, in, in lower company for a while. So I think this race suits him. Oh, well, gets Mitch Pateman on, the King of Kel. There's a few – ticks a few boxes for me. Uh, he's a horse I like. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm going night voyage just on, the, just on my ratings. Okay. So – yeah, I thought that run, that last start run with Romoli on was, was pretty good. That was, sorry, that was just on, when was that? That was on Monday, wasn't it? Yeah, back yeah, up from Monday. Back so up yeah. from Monday, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I just remember catching it out of the corner of my eye, him, him sort of getting back and running on and, and in the race that was won by stablemate Time to Sizzle. Uh, for me, I'm pretty keen on some sorts. Mm, good trial. Yeah, really like this horse. Showed a heap as a three-year-old. Came back in February this year for a um, – for a couple of uh, sort of 72 plus and 66 plus type type races against against good company against uh, in older horses uh, didn't didn't uh, didn't come up that preparation and he wasn't alone in regards to some of those Adam Durant horses at the time who um, for one reason or another um, didn't did, were, were unable to produce their best during during those during that period of time in in 2020. However. Go back and watch its September 21 trial win with Jay McNaught. Looked like he was really back breathing, breathing fire on that occasion. Showed gate speed, led them up, went to the line in, in cruise control, 56.06, which is pretty sharp for Lark Hill, 950 metres trialling. Uh, it's just not uh, – Mervyn's going to sort of rail in front. I imagine that some sort's going to be in his slipstream. I imagine that Jade won't let, um, won't let the, uh, the likely leader – too far away, she's going to get um, peel off, get last crack at him, and as you said, I think imagine Mervyn's going to be tiptoeing late as he as he can do, and I think some sort's got the field position and the strength and the class and the weight. It's fifty four kilos mm. to um, to uh, get over the top of him late. Um, I'm, I'm a little bit worried about Night Voyage, as you said. He gets some get some weight relief. Was only beaten one point eight lengths in a race thousand meter race won by Money Matters two starts ago. So I imagine that performance rates. 
quite well, especially coming to to this company in in Kalgoorlie, Pete. So um, so yeah, uh, I think I might have even had something on Night Voyage in this same race at Kalgoorlie last year. Um, and it was won by Senorita Benito and Mervyn finished second. I think something might have gone amiss with Night Voyage on that occasion. But yeah, I can see where Pete's coming from there. He's going to be launching launching late. But for me, I think this race is set up nicely for some sort. And I reckon he's one of the better players of the day. Yeah, no argument here. I, I, the trial was fantastic. And as you say, he didn't come up last time. So if you go back to his earlier form, it was uh, top shelf. So um, if he can repeat that, then yeah, he's probably the winner of this race. Okay. So um, some sort is around the $2.70 mark. Night Voyage is $5. Is that sort of what you were thinking, Pete? I've got him shorter, but yeah. uh, that's just my, my ratings. Yeah. Um, sometimes they're right, sometimes they're not. So uh, for me, that's value, yeah. Good as gold. Okay, so it is now time for the Mundaring Hotel WA Racing Mastermind Competition. The Mundaring's been the heart of the hills since 1899, located in Jacoby Street, Mundaring. If you get a chance, drop in and see the publican Ian Butchie O'Connor. Say good day and let him know you're a one-one listener. There is a northern meeting on Sunday, so if you're going to or from the uh, along Gradison Highway there on your way to the Avon Valley on Sunday, drop in. Say good day, and um, yeah, Butchie will, will look after you. That's for sure. So I, I had a great meal there uh, after the York meeting, the, the long weekend on the Monday. Um, called into the Mundaring and had a had a nice meal there with Milsey and, uh, and oh, his missus. Milsey, so, yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, it good. was a, it was a good good meal too. Excellent, excellent. Um, another good plug there for the Mundaring. So um, doing doing great things up there, uh, Butchie and his team. They survived a, a very chaotic and stressful experience with the under the COVID situation, but the pub is booming at the moment. So if you get a chance, drop in and uh, and have a look around. So congratulations, congratulations rather to last week's WA Racing Mastermind winner Dave Hutchison. He, uh, he got all three Black Art Bart-themed questions correctly. So a $100 gift voucher to the Mundaring is in the mail, Dave. Congrats again. So to be crowned this week's Mastermind winner, you'll need to answer the following three questions correctly. Here we go. Question one, Justin and Lucy Warwick teamed up to win last year's Kalgoorlie Cup with Spiritual Warrior. Name the father-daughter combination that won the 2015 Kalgoorlie Cup with Woodsville. Question two, who rode Cougar Express to victory in the 2016 Kalgoorlie Cup? Bit of a blast from the past. And question three, name the horse who nosed out Gloryland to claim the 2018 Kalgoorlie Cup. So they are the three questions for this week. If you know the answers, direct message us at the one one pod on Twitter. And uh, of course, if you, if you missed the questions while we were talking, the questions, of course, will be published on our Twitter feed as well. So make sure you direct message those answers to us and then you will be in the running for that $100 gift voucher to the Mundaring Heart of the Hills since 1899. Race five is the Neo Medals Handicap. 1300 meters what are we got we got a rating 66 plus but it's only a 62 plus uh on uh due to the um the uh, minimum top weight rule so we've got a it's um it's a 62 plus rated race worth the seventy thousand dollars and um yeah looks a um looks a interesting placement here by the master himself adam durant indigo blue 
Three Dog Philly having a third start in a race, stepping up significantly against the older horses, travelling to Kalgoorlie. And then you've got uh, Mr. Genoa, who is unbeaten three from three in Kalgoorlie, comes back from take, taking on some <laughs> bloody good horses during the Belmont winner in uh, Black Ducati Showmanship, Windstorm, Inspirational Girl. Isn't running into any horses like that on this occasion. Reunited with, uh, with Mitch Pateman. Um, Pete, how did you line these ones up? I've got the race actually very open mm. myself. Um, I'm not too sure about Indigo Blue. Uh, it's come up very short. It's 260 at the moment. That's way under what, what I have it. Um, oh, interesting little trivia fact. Uh, Mr. Genoa and Indigo Blue are actually full relations, uh, both by Blackfriars out of Jeans. Gee, so right. They clash in the same race against each other, which is interesting. Um, I'm actually probably – I'll be betting around both of those horses, to be honest, and they're quite uh, quite strongly favourite, second favourite along with, with Beethoven. Um, I'll get the race a lot more open, so I might just spec a few hmm. at the bigger prices, such as Indian Chant perhaps. Um, maybe even Xcaro at $26 I might have a nibble on. It's a big price, Xcaro, isn't it? Yeah, well, it's drawn well. I guess the claim for Chris Graham, um, it's been competitive up in Kel for, for a long time. Uh, this is probably a step up for it and uh, it's probably a long bow, but 26 as you say, is a big price. Yeah, I mean, he was $5.50 equal favourite, I'm pretty sure, last start. Um, what race was that? Was that the um, the Campbellder? Coolgardie Sprint. The Coolgardie Sprint. Yeah, so that's uh, that's an interesting um, price. I wasn't expecting him to be up there. I, I actually just just thought that sort of what you were touching on with um, with the Fernies and setting their horses for particular races during the round. I reckon this is the race that they've earmarked for. Mister Genoa gets in well back on his home track. Oh, you know, I guess his, a track where he races very well at. In, um, with 59 kgs, I think they're going to show intent from the uh, from from gate 10. He um, he has um, he has shown that his capabilities to carry weight, race on speed, and win in the past. As I said in in my little spiel before, there's no showmanship or, or um, windstorm or inspirational girl or even a black Ducati in in this particular race. I. I um, yeah, I, I feel as though this is a bit of a stretch for Indigo Blue, three-year-old filly. Like, I really like her as a horse. I'm not really sure that this is a terrific um, option for her, but it is a $70,000 race and there's 41000 on the on the table and um, also being a West Speed filly, she's, she's eligible for, for a bonus as well. So, I mean, um, I can see where the, uh, where the camp's coming from, but I just feel as though Mr. Janai has the strength and class to be able to steamroll these. Um, he, uh, what are we looking at at the moment, Pete? He's a $4.40 chance compared to Indigo Blue's two sixty. I reckon that's value for me. So I'm, um, I'm, I'm locking in Mr. Genoa to be a bit too good for this lot. Indigo Blue to run well as um, as expected. That's really good. That's really interesting that they're the full relations there, Pete. Indian Chant, Watto's Fury, Excaro, Beethoven. I, uh, Carabineer was a good re result for me um, the other day. So they they're all can sort of bob up in a um, in a in a sort of a bit of an open race. But if if um, if Mr. Genoa, if Luke Fernie has Mr. Genoa uh, on song, I think that he's going to be able to get the job done. Main angle for me from the race would be to oppose Indigo Blue at the shorts. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a pretty open race and a lot of those names you mentioned I could could have a spec on at the prices. So Indigo Blue looks like poison to me at 260. I'll be avoiding that for sure. Okay. Yeah, and make sure you, you tune in to Betfair for Pete's bookies lay uh, on the betfair.com 
Au. When did when did you post your bookies lay, Pete? It comes out on Friday morning, so yeah. it'll be up to tomorrow morning. Tomorrow morning, okay. So jump on and follow Pete McCormick and Betfair uh, on uh, on Twitter, guys, and you'll get first crack at uh, at the good odds. So race six is the City of Kalgoorlie Boulder handicap, sixteen hundred meter race, and uh, we have um, another Saracen white runner here called Bogart, and he has the services of Clint Johnston Porter after being a tad unlucky um, when ridden by apprentice Maddie Derrick first up at Belmont. Uh, recently, he uh, he'll be taking on the established, um, I guess, ratings horses such as Moshard, Sliced Bread, and um, there's and there's a couple of informed locals to to take on as well. What do uh, what do the index cards say here, Pete? Index cards say no to Bogart, so yep. I'll be taking him on as well. I think two sixty is too short for him. Yep. As soon as I start potting a recent white horse, they usually improve five or six lengths, and this may well happen here as well. But um, I I do have serious doubts about Bogart's ability. Um, I remember a race last year that he got away with in a midweek. Um, Tycoon Storm was scratched the barriers, a very short price favourite. He beat Magnuson Man, which is still a maiden. Um, <laughs> there's real questions over over his form, and uh, I'm keen to take him on. So he'll be one of my lays of the day, along with Indigo Blue. Which one wins in the end, I'm not sure yet, but they're two that I'm very keen to take on. Okay. So who do who do you who do you think is the um, is is the other genuine the real genuine winning chances? Ah, oh, there's a lot of chances. I mm. think I've got it very open um, in terms of value. There's a little bit there, but they're, they're kind of spec bets as well. Again, Deception Games, a horse that's doing my head. I think I backed it four starts in a row on the wet tracks. <laughs> it won on the dry, and then I hopped back on again last start. Um, I, I'm a genius at dodging the the winning runs at the moment. It gets back onto a good track tomorrow. So um, I, Deception Games is a great value to me at $15. So that's one I might have a spec on. Um, there's a couple of others there. I won't mention them all, but they're over. For me, though, the main play is that I'll take on Bogart. Okay. Just I want to get your view. I've been – the the two – last two – Sort of Kelly Mile wins from Recapitulate have been pretty pretty good. Maddie Derrick gets in with fifty four kilos minus three. Uh, it's probably going to find the front if it's a, if the track's a bit leaderish on the day. Um, yeah, I just think that it's uh, it's it's racing. It's it's rock hard fit. It's it's in form. If if conditions suit, it could uh, it could pinch. Um, it is. Uh, I was sort of thinking it might be a bit better. From a price point of view, than it than it currently is, but racing well enough to um to make these um horses that are up in the weight sweat a bit late, I think. Um, but yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm it goes around with fifty one kilos, which really does appeal to me. I love horses yeah. that can get in with that light weight, with with an apprentice on. But to be honest, recapitulate. I'm not a fan. It's not a horse of mine. It's strung two together. It's obviously in good form. This looks like a step up to me, uh, with some good horses coming into this race. I think. They probably will outclass re- recapitulate, mm. and it's another one I'd be prepared to take on okay. at the price. Okay, so yeah, uh, here we go. Sigil for Terry, Terry Layton. I wonder uh, whether the guru will be making uh, Sigil his betfair best betting proposition of the day when we touch base with him later in the show. But um, but yeah, I I'm interested to see what Adam Durant can do with a horse like Bogart. Mm. He's always sort of he's sort of flirted with. Um, potential Bogart. I sort of thought he was a potential WA Derby hope during the autumn. He ran second to Talladega uh, in the in the Roberts. Was beaten on his merits, and then he uh, he sort of came unstuck as a dollar seventy five favourite in the Mel Vista. That was when he was with Team Williams. They pulled the pin on that Derby prep and didn't didn't push on with him. But I did like his 
I did like his Lark Hill 7th of September trial win and uh, with, with senior rider Jade McNaught on board. And then Matty Derrick just didn't look comfortable. It's a bit of a bit of a funny sort of horse burger. He's big and, and sort of gangly and still quite raw and sort of um, Maddie had her hands full handling handling him going back to the inside and trying to look for runs. So I just feel with that first up run under his belt, Bogart, Clint Johnston-Porter going on board and he is he is flying at the moment. Him and Chris Parnham are the two hottest jockeys in WA at the moment, which has been well established. Not really a flash in the pan the way that CJP is going at the moment. He's he's um he's holding peak form and I think he could he could be the man for the job. In saying that, the, the price just isn't isn't there for me. I was, I was thinking maybe about three fifty might be a, a bet. For, for me, Bogart. I don't know what Pete's going to be putting up on um, on Betfair tomorrow for, if if he does head in that direction with Bogart. But the 260 is too short. Uh, I'm going to be looking for a little bit better on the day. Moshard is a little bit of overs at $8. I was thinking he would be a bit shorter than that. So so maybe with money for perhaps Moshard and a couple others and, and people willing to take on Bogart that it might get out to the price that I'm looking for. But I'm, I'm thinking Bogart will be the winner. Race Seven, the access higher, West Speed Platinum Handicap, 1,400 metres. We've got 11 horses here to, to face the face the starter. And um, I guess things don't get all that much easier, do they, Pete, as we progress through this program? No, it's not an easy card by any stretch. No. So, yeah, the, the Inform Local, Star Align, um, has won three of its last, last five. Fiery Water uh, led throughout to win a class one at Belmont midweek last start, got the job done. Jade McNaught, Adam Durant. Then we've got Native Chimes, um, Lucy and Justin Warwick was chasing three straight in a in in a graduation handicap at Belmont two sad days ago and um, and put in a bit of a bit of a dodgy one. But the blinkers go back on and I uh, wouldn't be surprised to see Native Chimes rebound quickly. There's a there's a supporting cast that you can make a case for a few of, but I'm 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 thinking that most people will be tossing up between or juggling between Star Line, Fiery Water and Native Chimes. Do you fall in one of those three camps, Pete? Yeah, I do. They're, they're my three top-rated runners in the race. Um, I've gone Fiery Water, not with a great deal of confidence, but I do get it reasonably short, and, and the 420 appeals as a bit of value there. So, uh, again, a, a Adam Durant, last start winner that looks progressive. Mm. It, it may take the next step forward. It's drawn well. Um, it should be up on pace. Uh, I'll, be, I'll be heading that way. Native Chimes. Justin seems to have turned that horse around at its previous two starts. I'm not quite sure what happened last start. Mm. Um, as you say, it blotted the copybook a little bit there. This looked like it was going to be an emerging horse as well. And, 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 and like Adam, Justin can do that with horses. He can turn them around. It wasn't that long ago that Native Chimes was going around in Kalgoorlie Maiden. Yeah. And uh, it finally broke its maiden in Kalgoorlie, but it had been a pretty disappointing horse up until that time. Um, what he's produced recently is a totally different Native Chimes than what we saw before. Yeah. It's funny, just as you start to trust Native Chimes, he puts in a, <laughs> that put, kind of horse, puts I think, in yeah. a bit of a body one. Obviously, it's a start. work in progress for, for Justin. He's still working it out. Um, he, as you say, he's put the blinkers back on. That may fire it up again again tomorrow. But um, I guess I want to see it again now. So I'm hitting Fiery Water from Star Align and Native Chimes in the race. Yeah, are you surprised at the 320 Star Align? So at the moment, the market reads 320 Star Align ahead of Native Chimes 370 and Fiery Water 420. I uh, I marked Fiery Water favourite from Native Chimes and then then Star Align are like um, third clear third line of betting, um, but yeah I was wondering whether I've missed a trick here with with Star Align. What are your what are your thoughts on? We may chance? both have yeah. yeah. Um, 
obviously uh, there's a there's a camp that thinks that that it's ready to win tomorrow. Yep. Um, Three twenty does look a bit skinny to me. I've got um, Fire Water on top from Equal Star Online and Native Chines behind it. Um, leading man's next to the market mm. at eight dollars. And boy, who's racing today? Yeah, boy, that's been a disappointing horse so far. Um, they've they tipped money on it in truckloads two starts ago when it started three forty against Pooley. I could not understand the money for it that day and it disappointed and then it came to Kalgoorlie and again was very heavily supported and, yeah. and ran ordinarily yeah. again so I'm not quite sure what's going on with that horse there's, there's someone out there that thinks it has ability uh, certainly more ability than what I think it has so I'm not sure whether it'll be supported today and again on Saturday but um, yeah it'll be an interesting one to keep an eye on I think yeah so I uh, I'm going to go with Native Chimes I didn't necessarily trust Native Chimes 100% last start but there was a lot of smart operators that did was a five dollar chance in a really pretty decent graduation handicap as i said got an inkling that justin work will only be bringing horses that he thinks are going to be super competitive uh over over the round and native chimes is is going to be one of those i you know from a tipping point of view i went native chimes to beat fiery water and star line but as i said my my market had um suggest that uh Fiery water is is the value for um, for Adam and Jade McNaught. I will say though that there's t- these two Neil Dallow horses, Galars Do Roar and Nicholas, both run really well at Northern the other day. Um, he he brought them to, to Northern for for a hit out, I suppose. Galars Do Roar ran ran second in in a class one, and Nicholas was three wide the entire and boxed on into fifth. That was uh, that was on Sunday at uh, at uh, at Northam. So they're uh, they're both on the quick backup, and they're both going to be big, big prices. So interesting to see how those two particular horses go. But yeah, it does look a clash between Fiery Water, Native Chimes, Starline, and from a I guess gun to my head, I'll, I'll go um, Native Chimes. Pete's going to go Fiery Water. Yep. Okay. So we move along to the feature of the day: that one hundred twenty thousand dollar Iron Jack. Kalgoorlie Cup race eight of the day. Pete, what are you what are you expecting this race to provide? I think it's a really good race, mm. actually. A very intriguing race. Um, some good form. I mean, not a, very often we get a Group One Metropolitan winner come across for the race. Come play with me, which mm. which is a local, of course. It went across for the Metropolitan and is now back. But it's been weighted up to that Group One run, I guess, at 62, kilo, 62 kilos is a fair impost to carry. Then you've got the the dual Darwin Cup winner, and it's a him uh, in on sixty as a, as a ten year old. Yeah, can it can it reproduce that kind of form? So a really good race. Friar Fox was super impressive, I thought, in winning the Boulder Cup, and is obviously in peak form. Divine Shadow brings good form to the race, and is going to start a pretty hard start pretty hard in the market as well. So it is an intriguing race, um, a very even race. And I can see uh, a lot of these horses capable of winning. So not a strong opinion from my point of view, but a great race to watch, I think. Yeah, and the tempo looks like it's going to be um, fascinating as well with uh, noted front runner Gloryland coming to Kalgoorlie via Carnarvon. Just got pipped, <laughs> just got pipped on the line late in the Carnarvon Cup, beating a lip carrying 61 kilos and just yeah he just got outlasted by espresso last on the line so Gloryland brings brings some early and middle um tempo to the race along with a couple of others i'm expecting there to be more positivity from 
the Pierce brothers and Superior Smile. I think he'll be going forward. I'm assuming that they're going to be uh, more positive with Noir Rue on the quick backup after they rode him quiet at Belmont last Saturday. Major Mambo led them up in the Boulder Cup, almost pinched it, didn't Ran he? Ran out of his skin, yeah, didn't he? Yeah. yeah so was... with Chris Graham on again, I can't imagine them taking a different route than, yeah. than leading as it did last time. Yeah, and even, even Gangbuster will be looking to hold a position up on top of the speed, probably just maybe a pair back from them from, from gate two. But... Um, yeah, it's it's a very it's a very unique cup in a way, especially with the spread of weights and then the different classes of horses. You got your established horses like Pete said, even like Miss Olaunter and second in a Perth Cup. Okay, yep. So it's um it's 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 cobbled together a really really interesting really interesting Kalgoorlie Cup for 2020. And then obviously your up and comers like like Divine Shadow and also you got to remember that Firefox was a um an Oaks filly as a as a three year old. I think he might have even started favourite in an Oaks one. And Natasha in the lead up to the Oaks went, went to Melbourne went too, to Melbourne yeah. to Darren Weir came back ran through the um sort of lead ups to the Perth Cup last year. Um, didn't necessarily think that Justine Erklands was ever going to be able to get her back to where she was and fulfil her ample potential, but that Cool Gully Cup performance was incredible. It was a super run, yeah. <laughs> incredible, sure. and then she she franked that with a um, pretty decisive Boulder Cup win last start. So there's a there's a lot to get through, and I'm, I'm interested to see how your ratings come up, especially with the eight kilo spread top and bottom with come play with me 62 kilos it's a him 60 kilos and then the main the um, then you got firefox coming up from 54 in the boulder cup 56 and divine shadow the the current favorite gets in on the minimum 50 54 so at, at the end of all that what are we thinking the index cards tend to say i don't know mm. um, very open race for me uh, not a lot of value there it's an intriguing race a great race to watch but not a lot that i can sink my teeth into from a betting point of view to be honest who rated on top what have I got? Uh, Fry Fox, it's, I got it six fifty. This is in an 80% market. Yep. So Fry Fox at $6.50. So there's no value there. Uh, come play with me at eight fifty. A little bit of guesswork with Come Play With yeah. Me. It'd be a great training performance by Adam if you can uh, bring this up second up off a, off a Cool Guardian Cup run. But, you um, missed the Boulder Cup as well. So I wonder if there's been a bit of a setback there as well. But, possibly, yeah. 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 Which kind of increases the degree of difficulty. So. Um, interesting what a, what a performance if um if you could do it if you could do it even with it's a him really like, absolutely back from the territory i yeah. ran third in the race last year it's a him so um yeah like it's there's a there's a lot on the line isn't there you know like this is this is uh this is quite incredible lucy lucy and justin warwick going for back-to-back kegley cups after winning with spiritual warrior they've got noir de rue there this year and even the adam durant trained second stringer Mackenzie Brook this year's Albany Cup winner um, on the quick backup after last Saturday. It's certainly got layers, hasn't it, this race? Layers yeah. upon layers. It's, yeah. a, it's a really intriguing race. Um, I just can't find any value. Yeah, fair enough. My, my, my um, In the leg up, I've tipped Divine Shadow. I was pretty keen on him in the Boulder Cup, actually. I was really, I was actually going back as, going back at Peg, I was really impressed with the way that he progressed as a, I didn't really have him pegged as a stayer as such. Brett Pope obviously knows a lot more than what I do and he um, pressed on to 2,000 metre plus and I just oh, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing how he goes in these these events. I thought he was more of a 1,600, 1,800 metre horse. But then some of his performances during the Belmont winter were huge, off the track, no luck. You know, there was a, a patch there where he probably could have won three or four in a row but just things just didn't play out for him on the day. I apologise for that. 
Yeah. <laughs> you you put the you put the slows on it. Absolutely. Yeah. I, can, I can stop a train at the moment. Yeah. And I was just like, hang on, there's a bit more depth to this horse than what I initially thought. And then when they start decide to target the Calgary Cups treble, I was like, oh, that's that's interesting. Obviously, they've got a, quite a high opinion of this horse as well. It's ended up being quite an astute move. He's around third, slashing third in the in the Coolgardie Cup. He is his Boulder Cup. Pipe opener, I suppose, was full of merit. Had to go back and around, and um, was only really bested by by Fryer Fox, who sort of followed the fence and had a bit, little bit more of an economical run in transit. Uh, I think that that twenty one hundred meter boulder cut run will top him up nicely for this. I expect him to be holding a more prominent uh, running position than he has done in his two lead ups. I think from two, he has the has the capabilities and and the weight to be able to be positive early and to maybe land a pair in front of Fry Fox and come play with me and those sorts of horses. So I'm expecting him to have some sort of field position on those. Yeah, I think this is a really good race for Divine Shadow. I was around the 450 mark Divine Shadow. That's what I was looking for. And he's a bit under that at the moment. Uh, however, I'm expecting there to be some, um, especially on the Betfair Exchange, I'm, I'm expecting there to be people who, who are wanting to lay him at a better quote than what I'm looking for. What do you suspect? Yeah, hard to call. Um, mm. I take on board exactly everything that you say. You yep. make a great case for him and, and rightfully so. But by the same token, the market's found him. It's yeah. favourite in the cup. So yep. they haven't missed him. Um, that price is probably around about where he should be, I would have yeah. thought. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, as we've spoken about, it's a very cool Kalgoorlie Cup. Credit to to everyone for supporting supporting the event, and um, it's going to draw a lot of um, of viewers because of the uh, all the layers and uh, all the th- different threads that we, we spoke about um, in the lead up. So, from um, from a tipping point of view, I'm Divine Shadow on top. Fryer Fox second. Sable mates, come play with me, Mackenzie Brook in uh, fighting things out for third and fourth. Pete, uh, Fryer Fox on top. Um Boulder Cup winners have a great record in the Calgary yeah, Cup. Yeah. Um, this appears to be a horse that's in the zone at the moment. Um, so I'll, I'll go for it to, to, to do the double. From probably Divine Shadow, not really getting away from the market much there. And then come play with me third. Okay. All right. So it's time now for our extremely popular Twitter-based competition, the Get Out Stakes, S-T-E-A-K-S. Sponsored by our friends at Market City Meats. They are the largest retail butcher shop in Perth, located at the Canning Vale Markets on Bannister Road. Timmy Hewitt, he runs the show with his team. Swing past, say g'day. Timmy will look after you. Congrats to last week's winner, Mark Miller. So Pete Millsy has won three of the last six get-out stakes. So he lives in Melbourne too, so he doesn't even get to... um, to, to benefit from his um, from his good work, so he passes on the stakes to his Perth-based friends. But Millsy, that's uh, as I said on Twitter the other day, what a freak, freak performance! Three three out of six. He's um, he's getting a better reputation than Willie Pike in the last, yeah. isn't he? <laughs> Millsy in the last. Millsy in yeah. the last. You'll have yeah. to text through his um, tip for the last race, I think, so yeah. we can put it over beforehand. He's in a purple patch, that's for sure, and. Um, and yeah, so congratulations, Millsy. That's uh, that's a supreme performance, and you're really throwing down the gauntlet to our uh, our leaderboard, Sean Nichols and uh, the Perth Guru, uh, Benny Armstrong. So Millsy's Millsy's coming out after the uh, after the front runners, that's for sure. So now to enter this week's Get Out Stakes, send us a tweet at the One One Pod on Twitter. Uh, who you think will win race nine at Kalgoorlie on Saturday? 
decimal winning margin, two decimal places preferred, remembering the Sam White rule. So it's first in, best dressed. So Pete, there's every chance that we're going to be in a fairly significant hole come race night. <laughs> now we're thinking positive, but if we are theoretically in a hole on uh, coming into the get out stakes, uh, what can you give the listeners to help them bail themselves out? Well, being in a hole is a pretty familiar place <laughs> for me at the moment. It's familiar territory. It's like being at home. Um, blasting out in the last, I'm, I'm not sure. I'd, gee, a special choice is short, isn't it? Um, blasting out in the last. I, yes, I, very short. I, Two, I, 2.15 for I the I couldn't listeners. entertain yeah. that. I, couldn't, I wouldn't be uh, doubling up the damage to try and get out on uh, special choice. So we've got to look somewhere else other than can that. Can we trust special choice at the moment? I, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that we can. Mm. It's, a, it's another one. I see it's drawn Bob's Barrier as well in Barrier 3. Um, <laughs> Have you noticed that over the years? I, I started this conspiracy theory way back. There was a horse called La Moline. It went through the Mare Series about four or five years ago, I would think. Maybe yep. I'll lose track of time. But it drew barrier three for each of those races. And I started taking note of it since then. And Bob's horses draw barrier three far more than statistically they should. <laughs> so there's today's conspiracy theory anyway. Bob's we'll barrier. Bob's barrier I call yeah. barrier three now. Both his horses on uh, – or two of his horses – on Saturday, I've drawn barrier three, strangely enough. Um, blasting out. Okay, here's a here's a conspiracy theory as well. Send me the bull. Uh, the case I'm making on Send me the bull is it's showed a bit of reasonable form earlier on in the season in Kel with ratings that would be competitive in this, I would think. Sammy the, oh, sorry, Sammy the Boss. Sammy yep. the Boss, sorry, yep. Sammy the Boss. I remember, do you remember Sammy the Bull? Yeah. He, was a, he was a really That's good a horse. a few years ago. Yeah, he was a good horse. Paul Dyson used to ride him. He was a, yeah, I'm trying to think who trained him. Maybe Simon Barras. He was a very good horse. Same yeah, the ball. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, they're taking him to, to Perth. I think the main mission there was to reduce a few ratings points. Um, go back and take two is my motto for that. Mm. Um, I've seen I've done that on two occasions. Went back, sat back at the field and dropped a couple of ratings points each time. So it gets him pretty well on weights at least. Yep. If you go back to the race on the 26th of July, it carried 59 and a half in a 64 plus as you were saying before it's a little bit confusing the templates between mm -hmm. the city and the country races so if i go back to its last country rating it carried 59 and a half in a 64 plus yep now it's carrying 56 and a half in a 58 plus so the weight drop's been quite significant yep draws well has the money man troy turner on it um it might be one that's at, at huge odds i think it's uh 34 so there's there's the get out the blast out and the last if you're in a hole Sammy the boss yeah just quickly just on a Sidebar, the money man, Troy Turner. So um, is, this, this, is, is he newly crowned money man after what happened at Geraldton yesterday? Well, that certainly reinforced his, uh, his reputation as the money man at Geraldton yesterday. Yeah, uh, I got bitten badly on, a, on the plunge horse, Pelican Pick from the Ashley Maley Yard. I made a big mistake on Tuesday. I did. Um, I spent seven hours doing the form for Wednesday, <laughs> and that was my that was my mistake. Because why the hell did I do form for Geraldton? They, they were getting up without names there on Wednesday, and uh, the best backed all day was Pelican Pick eight fifty into two eighty, as it turns out. And uh, I did the form and had a look at the uh, the sixth at Junction last start where I started a two dollar favourite was beaten out of sight and showed nothing. But um, it certainly improved a bit on that run yesterday when it. Uh, the money money held true and it, uh, it was under the pump. Darren called Darren McCall, they called it gone at the 600 metres. Yeah. And it just, I knew it wasn't gone because I'd laid it. Yeah. And it, it miraculously got up on the line and uh, and won the race. So I tell you what, Troy Turner's statistics in Geraldton are quite a sight to behold, actually. It's, yeah, it's crazy how, how well he performs there comparative to his, um, his sort of overall strike rate. So, yeah. 
Troy Turner and, and Money Maley, they combined. Was eights to threes? Was that what it was? Yeah. 280, I think. Uh, having four. a look at it. I did quote threes on the on the tweet that I put up. But yep. I think it was actually 280. So yep. there, was, there was just no stop. The money was was over the line. Yeah. Kind of kind of money it was just crazy with Sons Lasso, which was a dollar thirty dollar forty chance which out blew the, out to dollar seventy late mm. um look the winner at the hundred and uh as i say uh pelican pick looked gone at the at the six and darren called it gone but yeah. um it was feeling no pain on the line it could have done another <laughs> lap so i'm not quite sure what was going on there um, so the, the money man troy turner all will be forgiven if he can uh, if he can guide sammy the boss to victory in the get out stakes on saturday uh, he'll never be forgiven <laughs> he, he got life yesterday so <laughs> So Pete's Pete's going wide in the last for everyone who's uh, who's looking to launch themselves uh, into into profit uh, in the coastal Midwest transport handicap race nine on Calgary Cup Day. Um, yeah, wow. For me, like yeah, I, I do all my form prior to, to prior to markets being released. So I just did uh, from you know a tipping point of view. I ended up thinking that special choice was the standout and the obvious, but I was um, I'm not really that keen to to jump in at the 215 pete as you um as you rightly spoke to in in your spiel obviously she's um Sarita white adam durant had her first start for, for initially with team williams of course she's another one that's been transferred for her four-year-old season to adam durant had her first start behind in behind your ways over an unsuitable thousand meters that was two saturdays ago was doing some decent work late to to finish third but nothing um extraordinary i wouldn't have thought but expecting her to, to come come forward off that especially um with the additional race fitness rising to 1200 meters bob's barrier so she's gonna get every conceivable you would you would imagine but what about this flock of fernies that we've got in this particular flock of fernies i like that we've got manhattan money peter fernie absolute peter fernie concrete madam peter fernie pastry peter fernie and taj marley luke fernie so uh, i'm not sure whether all those horses are, are, are going to going to start and all those fernie runners are going to be clashing with each other's but it looks like it's yeah scratchings will be very interesting but uh you know the, the fernies have got some firepower of them of their own in this particular race and they know the track well they got home ground advantage pete yeah, sure. and uh, they've got the uh they got the, the mostly the the good hoops as well um and they'll be uh they'll be looking to 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 match motors with the with the cerise and white and the two dollar fifteen favorite so yeah special choice is is was my on top selection the leg up but it's not the way i'm going to go uh, at the moment with the, with the prices the the way they are uh it, that being the case i think the the horse most capable of upsetting the fave is manhattan money has raced just extremely well extremely consistently during the Kalgoorlie year thus far they sent her forward to race outside leader last start when she was chasing a, a hat trick of wins just got nailed late by the stablemate Beethoven who just ran some crazy splits to to get the win on, on on that particular occasion but was pretty brave in defeat Manhattan money carrying 61 kgs on that occasion I don't think they're going to be as positive on this occasion I'm, I'm, I'm thinking there might be a three wide line forming and Mitchie Pateman can get on the back of one perhaps one of the the stable mates can can drag Manhattan money into the race balancing up uh, with momentum coming down the outside, I wonder if if Manhattan Money can can sweep her way past the uh, the short price fave special choice. So that's the way I'm thinking at the moment. Manhattan Money from a, from a value point of view. 
she is, you know, she's, a four, she's about my price. She's a $4 chance. Yeah, uh, she's been a model of consist- consistency in Kalgoorlie this year. Must be one of the the chances of the horse of the year, I'd expect. Up yeah. there. It's had a, had a stellar year. Um, before last start, it, it won three out of its previous four starts and one second. I'd only backed it on one occasion from those four starts. Which one was that, Pete? I'll let you guess which one <laughs> that was, BJ. <laughs> I can stop a train. I've told you that already. Um, yeah, interesting the, the clash actually between Team Fernie and, and Team Durant or mm. Adam Durant during the whole round. Uh, yeah. I think it'd almost be a good side bet, a side market. Uh, the number of wins between Peter and Luke Fernie versus Adam Durant, because uh, Adam's taken up a great arsenal as well. So that'll be an intriguing uh, battle over the two days, I think, as well. Um, I don't see any reason why any of the Fernie horses should necessarily be scratched. Yeah. None of them are duly engaged, as far as I, I'm aware. Yep. So I expect them all to take their, their place. Concrete Madame is, I just don't think she's come back. Mm. She was. Uh, in the same kind of ilk as Mr. Genoa last time in. They both came down, I think, for that country championship yeah, yeah, race. Yeah. And uh, Concrete Madame was rated a chance of beating Mr. Genoa in that and ran particularly third? well. Run I think third? she ran third, yeah. yeah. Um, but she's come back, started very short in her first couple of runs and it just hasn't seemed to have come up this time in. So I'd be bidding around her, I think. But certainly Manhattan Money, you make a great case for for that horse, it's it's going super, and um, I'm not quite sure where it gets to in the run, mm. but um, it's flying at the minute and, and has has a huge chance in the race for sure. Yeah. Okay. So it's going to be a uh, a good race to to wrap up the round. Um, thank God that the Fernies and the Durants have supported the the two meetings as as strongly as as they had. That that's um. Yeah, without the look pretty poor without them. Yeah, without them, um, you know, sending the the amount of numbers as they did, it would the the races would be very very thin. So, best of luck to the Calgary Boulder Race Club and everyone involved with with the round, and and hopefully it goes off really well, and yeah, gives us a little bit of a uh, uh, a taste tester leading into the uh, the spring. It's it's great to see they've got that standalone Saturday back yeah. again, and, and hopefully that's locked in now for for all time. Um, last year was the first year of the Thursday into the Saturday standalone, and uh, it was it was good out there last year. And hopefully that old round feel can be uh, reinvigorated again now that they've got this new format going forward. Yeah, hundred percent. So uh, yeah, it's a it's a good effort for everyone to 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 get up there and, and support the uh, the round, and because um, it means a lot to a lot of people. Best of luck to everyone involved, as as we said. Hopefully, we've uh, Pete and I and uh, have managed to find you a winner or two before we get on to our Betfair best betting proposition of the day and our Maddies, Pete. Why don't we uh, give the Perth Racing Guru Terry Layton a call and uh, and see how he's travelling? I'm sure he would have enjoyed himself in his first night in Kalgoorlie uh, last night. Okay, be interested to see how he pulled up after his first night in the in the goldfields. Yep. All right. As promised, we've managed to get the Perth racing guru himself, Terry Layton, the one and only, onto the show just to check in with us. He's currently wandering the streets of Kalgoorlie in the lead up to Hannah's Handicap Day. Hello, Terry. Hello, BJ. How are you? Hello, Mr. McCormick. How are you? G'day, Terry. I'm well, thanks. How'd you pull up after last night? Well, if you saw me now, and if I was uh, if I was a horse in the mounting yard, uh, who's uh, was it Nat Francis that does the uh, looks at them from the yard? I reckon she'd be telling her uh, her employers not to be having any money on me at the moment. I reckon so. I'm a uh, I'm a lay, muck, lay, lay. I'm a muck lather. <laughs> and walking down these side streets in Kalgoorlie, I've been walked past a couple of dogs which have. Uh, yapped at me and I'm just feeling a bit jumpy at the moment so but uh, no, look we're pretty excited about Hannon's day I'm uh, getting picked up in 54 minutes I'm about 20 minutes from home I haven't ironed my shirt so I'm pretty well prepared so I had my first loser for the trip when I um 
when I went to Zarafas to get a coffee, walked all the way there, pretty lengthy old trip, and uh, turns out you need a car, it's drive through only. So <laughs> I had to go another 700 metres to uh, get a coffee that tasted like burnt water. So, yeah, no, Kalgoorlie's treated me well early much. So you're uh, just just give the listeners a bit of a um, a bit of a snapshot into what lays ahead uh, for the round for for you and uh, you and the crew, Terry. I was hoping you could give me a snapshot like later Ed, to be honest with you. Uh, we are, well, Cripper and I are about to record the Wild West actually in about 20 minutes when I get back. So another thing which I really timed well in my schedule today. <laughs> but uh, we'll head to the course, getting a lift from, uh, I'm not sure actually, somebody you met last night giving us a lift in. So we're like, we'll head into the course and uh, we're, I'm dressing down a little bit. I'm quite a traditionalist. I do like to wear my suits for the big days, but uh, we're going with the shorts and collar combo today. So... We'll, um, we'll roll in feeling fresh. It's about 34 degrees. Doesn't feel much over 30, to be honest, at this stage, but, uh, I've been told about the late, uh, the late afternoon Kalgoorlie sun. So I think we'll be, uh, we'll be pretty thankful later on in, uh, in proceedings that we've gone the, uh, the shorts and the, uh, the lighter shirt. You might be getting thirsty by then, Terry. I, I might be. There's a bit of a big chance I might be, uh, I might be thirsty for the next four days, I'd suggest. So yeah, I, uh, yeah, I might, uh, yeah, next next week's already been called Wellness Week. <laughs> so um, Pete and I have uh, discussed at length the the double engage situation, the potential re handicaps, the potential scratchings that are going to unfold. Uh, so the the form is uh, is a bit up in the air for um for Kalgoorlie Cup Day. Um, now, did you want to give the listeners uh, a little bit of I don't know, some gurus not uh, best for either today or not today. Today will we Saturday. Uh, already out, but for Saturday, yeah, like what are, what what are your what are your pointers towards um Kegley Cup Day? And we don't mind a uh, I don't mind a couple for uh for Saturday to be honest. It's a bit hard to probably do the form for a couple of the races, probably until probably Friday or Saturday morning with the likely scratchings in race one, um, depending how magical rain and sudden pull up. Um, and obviously, uh, Moshard and sliced bread and a million other furniture runners at a dual nom. So that makes things difficult. But, uh, we can pinpoint one. I think in race two, it's some pretty, uh, pretty good value at a horse called Pink and Purple. Um, somewhere near the $10 mark currently. Only a couple of agencies are out, but, uh, I think that's a, a madness price for a horse that's a, a true stayer, uh, over the journey. They've been over the journey three times. Once with an abject failure. Together went around the other two. One by three in Cal in a similar grade race. And the other one, it, um, uh, it was a, probably a better run than too close to Sunny Town. So nearly 10 bucks, seven horse field. Three of those can't walk. I reckon that's your best bet of the day. Bet fair best? That's your bet fair best bet of the day. Exactly right. On top of that, we want to have something on Mr. Genoa. I think it's just better than them. Um, I know there's some intentions to try and go forward and lead, but geez, I reckon, I reckon he's just about to sit last and beat those as well. So I think Indigo Blue in that same race is a lay of the day. Um, at the, I think he's about 270 at the moment, Indigo Blue. Okay. Very thin. Yeah, yeah, pretty thin old price in the go blue. So I don't know what their, what their tactics will be there, but I think you might find that Mr. Genoa is just simply a uh, better horse, unbeaten cow, unbeaten fresh for Luke. I think or if it was beaten fresh for Luke, it was a day it was a good thing beaten behind free trade and yeah, why choose her. Yep. Yeah, Pinjara. So yep. look, I think that's going to be better than him. And finally, Star Align. Um, another Fernie runner. I'm in the vortex now that I'm in Kalgoorlie <laughs> and in the, in the presence of princes and and uh, and princes and what am I going for? Kings. Um, Star Alliance share the lead or map to get the back of the leader. The biggest danger looks to be native chimes and it was just poor last start. So you need to have to give native chimes a lot there. So we'll uh, we'll back in the locals and uh, make it a 
three-horse play. Pretty confident we can go three for three, BJ. No worries. So P- Pete and I were um, very interested to, to follow the market movements for a horse called Icy Red, Icy Red. Is there any smoke <laughs> floating around in, uh, in the gold fields about this first starter in race three? <laughs> I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna play the fifth. Okay. I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna play the fifth. If that's you okay. don't want to say I'm anything gonna, that uh, may incriminate you. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna play the fifth. Let's just say that. Yeah, I think that says enough, probably, doesn't it? Fair enough. So, yeah. um, so, mate, uh, all the best for uh, for your punting and uh, all round good times at Hannon's Handicap Day today. Surviving, surviving, and then moving moving forward into uh, a big Calgary Cup card on 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 Saturday, mate. Wonderful. Thanks for having me on, lads, and I uh, look forward to uh, seeing you again next week. And thanks for filling uh, my very small shoes, Peter. <laughs> no worries, Terry. Have a good round, mate. All the best. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. See you later. Well, we just got the wrap-up from the Perth Racing Guru on his way to Hannon's Handicap Day, and uh, he, he gave the listeners his, his uh, uh, succinct thoughts on how on a couple of races there on Kalgoorlie Cup Day this Saturday. He, Pete. He was quite coy when we raised Icy Red, Icy Red, and whether there was any uh, word on the street, word on Hannon Street about how that that particular horse is going to go. Now, as we roll on into our Betfair best betting propositions of the day, is that the way you're going to go? That's the way I'm going to go, yeah. I think we prodded and poked and touched a nerve there with Icy Red, Icy Red, and uh, yeah, I was joining the dots a bit when I made him uh, my selection in the race, and uh, certainly what Terry said only confirmed what I already thought that this could be the setup horse for the round. Yeah. Okay, so your bet fair best is Icy Red. My bet fair best of the day is Icy Red, Icy Red. Okay, and uh, what about your Maddie uh, uh, in the last? The get out, the blast out in the last will be uh, Sammy the Boss. Sammy the Boss. Again, I'm joining a few dots there as well, but he gets in well with uh, the ratings drop that he's had from his last couple of starts. There is some $34 available, and uh, yeah, we'll see how uh, how that um, market evolves on the Betfair Exchange as well. So. Pete's Maddie is Sammy the Boss in the Get Out Stakes Race 9. And um, just a reminder to listeners that Pete's bookies lay. The bookies bag, it's bookies called. Bookies bag. Bagging a horse. Yeah, oh, bookies bag, of yeah, course. Yeah. yeah, bookies bag will be uh, on Twitter tomorrow morning. Yeah, I'll put something up on Twitter. I don't know whether I'll take it on on Betfair or not, but we'll see. Okay. All right, gotcha. Yeah. So I don't have a great record at the moment. I've laid three winners in a row, so uh, I've got to be a bit more selective, I think, on what I pick. Okay, so that's on betfair.com.au. Okay, so my Betfair best of the day comes up in race four. Quite bullish about the chances of some sort resuming first up from a spell. I reckon this is a pretty, pretty good horse some sort and he's going to win more than his share of races beginning on Saturday. I think he's going to get the nice trail following Mervyn into the race and I'm, um, I'm backing in Jade McNaught and some sort to get the job done. As far as Maddie's concerned, so just for everyone playing along at home, Maddie's need to be $21 or 20 to 1 in the old. Uh, for me, I've come up with Xcaro in race 5. I feel as though that $26 is definitely value from, from my point of view. That's race five, number two, Xcaro has an excellent uh, record at the Kalgoorlie track, gets a couple of kilos off for uh, for Chris Graham. So that's my mad, mad I agree with that day. one too, yep. Yep. All right, so that brings the formal part of our preview to a close. Mm-hmm. And now we, uh, we soldier on into the remaining segments of the 1-1. So we've done our 
Betfair best. We've done our Maddies. Pete, let's backtrack a touch and just see, have you got any horses to follow? And before we do that, the horse that you have um, a small or, or an ownership stake in, in flow, ran a mighty second in the wait for age idyllic Prince stakes at Belmont not long ago, almost getting over the top of free trade. Have you had any correspondence from the stable? What are, what's happening with flow? Yeah, he was due to go around last Saturday, I think. He got a, a maybe the week before, he's got a cracked heel, so he's been tipped out for a while, but that's fine. He's going to come back for the, the summer carnival. Yeah. Um, He's going to miss the northerly, we just got told, so he'll be further into the the uh, the carnival a little bit, whether it's the Carbine, Carbine Club, Club yep. or the... Is it the race he ran second in last? Yeah, it is, yeah, yeah to the, uni time, I think yeah, it was. Yeah, there's the scale stakes, 1,400 he could probably go around with as well. That yep. or the Peters. Yep. And depending on how he goes, we might have a throw at the stumps and just, if he can get a start in the railway, we might go around the railway. Oh, that very exciting. Often. It's exciting, you yeah. know, for a horse that costs $14,000, cost us $14,000. If he wants to start in a million-dollar race, that would just be a bonus, wouldn't it? Yeah, so that would be... He's in the twilight of his career he's seven now i think so he probably, he probably should have won the idyllic prince really like that was yeah i think i think martin was a bit pissed actually <laughs> i think i think it was one that got away the perhaps got away, yeah. um to be honest i'm not sure how that form's going to stand up yep. going forward um but gee he he's run some pearlers he you has. know behind essential spice or beating essential spice that day and then behind free trade those two runs rate very highly uh, he just seems to have a problem putting them together. I, yeah. I think Martin's still actually been on a learning process with the horse from the start and it's just getting there with him. So um, hopefully he can come back and produce his best at some stage over the round. We're going to have a bit of fun watching him go around anyway. 100%. And like, it feels as though his best is, when he's there, is super competitive at that level, but it's it, it, some, it's challenging for Martin and the horse to be able to maintain that start to start to start. Yeah, I, I think Martin's still figuring him out and the horse needs conditions run to suit. He's not a horse that's going to be suited by a slow pace. Yep. He over races and reefs and tears if he if he can't. But if he gets a really strong pace and can just cruise along behind him, that really suits him. He can finish the race off well. So Good luck. Hopefully in that kind of quality fields over the summer, he can, he can produce his best. Very good. So... Have you got any horses to follow for the listeners? Yeah, I've got, got a couple, but none of them are uh, any kind of revelation. The first one is an obvious one in Gemma's son. I knocked it last week and put my hand up and said I was completely wrong about that horse. He is top shelf and uh, he dispatched of a pretty handy field, pretty easy last start. Horse that I was on last week was Cup Night. Mm -hmm. um, I thought the race mapped out as I thought it might that he would get a suck along from three back defence and uh, might might loom at them late, which he did, but wasn't quite good enough to get up on the day. And stage man won on his merits, but Cup Night going forward over the longer distances and into the railway to me looks like he's going to have a great campaign. And one horse that I didn't have a lot of time for, but it looks like it's come back and has elevated to another level this time in his real grace. Yeah. Um, won super the other day, second time in a row now that it's it's won by a space. And it's one that just might uh, elevate into the, the top company now and, and, and play a part. So one I'll be interested to keep an eye on is real grace going forward. Yeah, that was one of mine too, too Pete. So real grace, she resumed uh, from a break at uh, Belmont on Monday and gave them bloody windburn <laughs> didn't she um there was a couple of hard luck stories in the race but real grace just absolutely put them to the sword has adam got that now uh no that's a team williams okay, horse yeah. yeah so she's three she'll be heading to the thousand meter three-year-old uh i think it's called three-year-old classic or or a race like that uh the uh, race that was won by one of those amelia's on fire i think it was one of the race last year um and that and that and that's usually the springboard race, and then from there they go to the Belgravia, and then they then they split up into fillies and colts and geldings, and 
work their way through guineas and champion fillies preparations and that so i know a couple of uh, friends of mine were um took some of the early odds uh, the futures a real grace in the kingston town classic oh really yep um at a big price which was um and which was uh which was quite good of them and then they were pretty happy when she um won as well as she did and she looks like she's one of bob's better ones um but how would you know? Bob's got so many. <laughs> How would you know? She, uh, but yeah, she just that 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 supreme confidence that Chris Parnham just sort of just waited until he got into the clear, and then she just sort of put the jets on, and it was game over. So, real grace, definitely a horse to follow. I thought the the, uh, the same colours, just about the one of the runs of the day, same stable actually, one of the runs of the day at Belmont last Saturday was in the, in the get out race nine was a horse called Expressionist. Uh, always thought it was probably going to be a tough ride for for apprentice Maddie Derrick from gate ten, and um, geez, that was some run. Like it was uh, it was back and bottled up, and Maddie did Maddie did quite a good job. To be fair, to to sort of weave her way through a full sixteen horse field to try and get some sort of galloping room, and once he saw daylight, geez, he, geez, he put some big strides in late he was beaten 1.3 lengths on the line uh was just going home two to their one i really feel as though expressionist with a chris parnham type on next start will will pretty much just win whatever the team williams um put him in i think he's a, he's a horse on the rise as far as closer to home i thought oh, i'm not i thought the run of red cam man was full of merit i thought no horse worked harder than him in the black heart but stakes they ran i think they were close to four lengths above benchmark from the four lengths faster than average from the from the start to the 800 meter mark and he was the one burning all the fuel outside leader set outside flower of war he was a sitting duck for the closers such as stage man and uh, and cup night and dance music who, who who all three of those were able to camp um away from the the intense speed battle i thought red cam man bravely whacked away into into fourth that run's going to bring him forwards significantly 21 days into the northerly stakes which looks like being an absolute cracking race um on october 17 i believe so um yeah so for me i'm 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 uh sticking with red cam and i expect him to be really really hard to beat uh getting back to ascot 1400 meters in in the northerly in a few weeks time so they were my horses to follow have you the trials moving on to the top notch trailer segment the trials have been so um so good, so, uh, so fascinating to watch. Um, we've got two-year-olds coming through. We've got some three-year-olds that have a stack of potential and 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 um, an upside, as well as some really hot open-class horses returning. Did you catch the I, session on Tuesday? I did actually watch. I don't normally. I watched mm. the session on Tuesday because it was it was just full of great horses. Mm. It was good to watch actually. Uh, it was better than the average meeting that was what was going around there on Tuesday. Um, I didn't actually note any top-notch trollers. The ones that would have come up with would have been the obvious like yep. Valor Road and Flirtini, etc. Yeah. So there was a little point in me just regurgitating those. But uh, did you find anything? Yeah, I found I found a few. The, the, what I will touch on is just that Heat 5. Uh, Casey didn't go around in Heat 5 like she was expected to, but it was still Valor Road, Flirtini, Platoon, who ran third in a railway, Man Booker, who's back from another uh, setback injury, and Clairvoyance, who was never out of first gear. So all five of those horses are going to be headline horses moving into whatever race they contest at Ascot next. I'm assuming Valor Road and Flirtini go to, is it the Crawford or one of those sprint races? Platoon and Man Booker will go to the Northerly and Clairvoyance 
who knows with Darren McAuliffe could go anywhere. <laughs> could could love at Flemington for all we know, but no, I'm assuming that clairvoyance will be going to that thousand meter three rod race um, in in a couple of weeks' time, or maybe even straight to the the Belgravia twelve hundred meters at Ascot. But um, yeah, that was a super heat. There was some um, there was some significant talent coming through on the day, as as what Pete mentioned. One of one of my my horses who um, have a lot of time for identified him early as a talent and he didn't let me down was Rain of Fire, unbeaten from the Colin Webster yard. He's going to be a non-Saracen white horse who's going to be uh, amongst the major players in a, in a Guineas prep. And, um, and he, he showed that he was, uh, he'd certainly not gone backwards in his Heat 8 win of the day. Just touching on Heat 9, this was... Indian Pacific, one of your favourite horses, Pete. He's been he's been really really good to you. Indian Pacific and Charlton Eddie, they match motors in in their respective heat. Uh, ran pretty slick time and they went to the line stride for stride. Indian Pacific never really Brad Parnham never really flinched on on him, did he? So um, he's a good horse and yeah, it was just there was this talent galore but from a top-notch point of view and 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 away from the obvious i like the trial of a horse by the name of she's god to you heat 14 jay mcnaught darren taylor ran some nice races in its first preparation i think even loomed to beat snickerdoodle dandy one day at belmont back in july and couldn't quite get it done but that was a really nice trial from she's god to you there was a couple of other three rods that that trialed that weren't knocked around in their heats but performed well they were dad's big headed and Kalaroo. dad's big headed was another colin webster and Kalaroo is from the dan morton stable but there was so many horses to, to to sift through and lots of lots of gold there but to be fair, none trialled better as far as I'm concerned than Heat 17, truly great in the 1,200-metre heat of the day. That's two top-notch trial performances. This prep, yeah, if there was a futures market out for the Perth Cup, even though he's, what, what would he be? A, pretty lowly rated considering he's only a 72. Um, yeah, I think he's got Perth Cup written all over him, this particular horse, which is, you know, he's only had seven starts. Last start distance winner at Belmont. So you won't see many horses trial better than truly great. And before I finish up, the probably the pick of the two-year-olds in, um, in WA thus far has been Fatal Femme. Um, this from the uh, Sean and Jake Casey yard. She, yeah, she won shooting shooting to win Philly. She's won both her trials. She won a thousand meter heat um, at Belmont on Tuesday, and she's going to be the horse to beat in the initial plate coming up at the opening day of uh, Ascot first two yard race of the season. I'm assuming that's one of those daily bred horses out of Fem and Refem and yep. that family. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, they sort of just keep banking the the winners and producing good horses that that uh, that family so they all run as early two-year-olds too yeah yeah they do they do and the Casey's are doing doing a really good job um with those particular horses and and as i mentioned before they uh have uh, charlton eddie who looks like he's gonna be a major player in the spring to come as well pete so yeah labor rod labor rod yeah he trialed last week so he, he i'm assuming he's probably heading to either the Crawford or the Northerly on the opening day of Ascot. So next Saturday's Ascot card will be um, will be quite a sight, I'm assuming. So Opening day at Ascot, I love it. Yeah. yeah. It should be good. And we are all very excited to be heading back to WA Racing Headquarters at Ascot next Saturday. One of the great feelings just walking onto course uh, on a spring – Warm spring day, opening of Ascot. Yeah, one of the one of the the, the joys of uh, being a race WA racing fan, that's for sure. So that brings us to a close, Pete. 
thanks for coming on and, and helping us out today in in the guru's absence we always appreciate you giving up your time and and being a part of the one one family so thanks again for heading out to high wickham and joining me on the show no worries bj thanks it's been fun again uh thanks to betfair uh, remember uh to gamble responsibly download the new app the oh, it's a new ios and, and android app check it out on uh, wherever you get your apps for your smartphones thanks to our producer Jen, good luck to everyone on the punt this weekend. It's uh, there's a bit going on, and uh, yeah, hopefully the guru comes back in, in one one piece from his uh, sojourn to the uh, the racing round in Kalgoorlie, and the countdown is on for our return to Ascot, which we've been talking about at length. So, thanks again to everyone, and uh, until next week on the one one. Mm-hmm.